right, cool. I wrote a speech to introduce uh, this week's guest, but in the spirit of our topic this week, I'm just going to do it freestyle, you know? <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Good luck, bro. Good luck. Well, for real, you know, back in the days, I used to rhyme too, you know? I used to rhyme smooth. I used to rhyme cool. No, I'm just talking, but I do it with a rhythm that's poetic. Uh, without further much ado, let me introduce mm. the topic. It's music, actually, the industry to be precise. My co-hosts are here. Let's, let's make today something nice. You've got Malimba in the house. What's good, homie? What's up, man? What's good? Good. Lusungu's out here, too. What's up, my guy? Oh, good, fam. Oh, good. I'm guessing people missed me since I wasn't around last week. At least yeah. I'm hoping people missed me. Yeah, everyone in the comment section was like, where's the Sungu? Where's the Sungu? We almost made a hashtag. Almost. I don't know those people. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're gaining popularity, my guy. Um, all right, let's get, let's get into the discussion. Um, our special guest today is none other than Duncan Sodala, a pioneer hip-hop artist music producer, and uh, founding member of Zone Fam, popularly known as Holster. It's great to have you on the show, Duncan. How are you doing? Yes, sir. I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for taking the time to, to join us uh, on this podcast. Excellent. Um, you've been in the industry. You've been in the industry for a while. Can you tell us a little bit about mm. yourself? I feel like you, you, you give us your perspective. As an artist, we, we really want you to be able to express yourself. So we're not going to mm. do your bio for you. We're going to let you introduce yourself. Right. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, so um, I go by the name Holster, uh, government name Duncan Sodala. I've been in the music industry now since uh, 2005. And um, yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a hip hop artist. I'm passionate about music uh, and I've worn many hats over the years. I've been a manager to Zone Fam. Um, I run Slam Dunk Records, a music label that's now doing uh, distribution. Um, I help artists, you know, distribute their music through uh, digital channels such as TuneCore, and uh, that's who I am, man. I'm just this dude that just uh, a jack of all trades. Yeah, exactly. I was you just took the words right out of my mouth. I was gonna say you sound like a jack of all trades, in in, in exactly. It's like the music version of of jack of all trades, just all around. Everything music is you. It sounds like you live and breathe music. Pretty much, yes. All right, all right. Thank you, thank you for for that. I guess I guess I'll, we'll just get into our first question. It's really open ended because we just we just want to you know we just in the spirit of artist artistic expression because a, a lot of us here you know dabble in the arts one way or another. Malimba wrote a book. Shameless plug for you. Um, right. I, I, did, I did music, I do poetry, and Lusungu mm -hmm. is is, is an artist in his own right. Mm, right, I'm sure he'll 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 tell you about himself at some point when we're ready mm -hmm. to reveal. But anyway, back to the topic. Um, Duncan, what's your perspective on 
the music industry in Zambia? Our, in, our, our, our listeners would like some insight from you. Right. Well, the, the music industry in, in Zambia, wow, what angle will I take? I would say the, the music industry in Zambia just hit 20 years old now. So it's, it's still a pretty young music industry. Um, and I would say that uh, it has really grown over the years because we, we came from a point in time, like in the 90s, where uh, Zambian music was pretty much, uh, if you're listening to radio in the 90s, it was pretty much just rumba music that we were listening to uh, on, on radio, you know, Congolese music. Like even up to now, Zambians are pretty much uh, huge uh, rumba fans. But then thanks to uh, Mondo music that came on the scene in the late 90s, um, I think that marked the change in, in Zambian music um, with their Rhythm Nation uh, project. And, you know, they introduced artists onto the scene, you know, such as JK, uh, Wangu, Chilulemba, dudes like that. So um, over the years, uh, the music industry has grown. I would say uh, hip hop for me, because I'm, I'm a hip hop artist, but um, I can say it even without really uh, beating about the bush that hip hop is the biggest genre in Zambia right now. But of course, we have uh, dancehall artists, we have your gospel, you know, you've got your guys that are doing like Afro Soul, you know, people like James Sakala. And um, I would say that we've definitely gone from a point in time where people were, were just doing the music as a passion project, you know. But now I would say that people are definitely making a living out of music. People are making, you know, a bit of money here and there. Um, someone asked me a question about um, if I thought um, Zambian, Zambian musicians were really, it was something to do with the politics, you know, and people doing campaign songs or whatever. I was like, okay, yes, Zambian artists are not really making that much money out of the music, obviously because of uh, the bigger industries such as the South African one and the Nigerian one, where you know it's 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 actual it's an actual industry. But I think we can definitely count a couple of Zambian artists that are actually make uh, a living out of it. So so this is where we are right now as an industry. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I mean, it is a young mm. industry as well. So I suppose we're all getting closer to that point where it now becomes um, much more commercialized and people can actually start to earn an artist's wage, like making big money endorsements exactly. and all that stuff, actually consolidating music as an industry. Um, right. I, I guess... Yes. Yeah, you, you sort of talked a little bit about some of the some of the um, challenges that we have with with artists. Um, you mentioned a few in there, but I want to know if there's any more like specific challenges that you think Zambian artists face today in the industry. Mm. Abs absolutely, there's a lot of challenges that Zambian artists uh, face in the music industry. One being uh, representation, uh, management. Uh, of course, recently we've had uh, record labels that have come in 
and uh, putting a lot of uh, you know money into the industry, assigning a lot of artists. But I still feel like a lot of artists don't have artists to manage. A lot of them are managing themselves. Um, and it, it doesn't only stop at artist management, but legal representation, accountants. You know, it's kind of like a, a whole music industry ecosystem. It's not happening. You know, it's only coming in when there is a need for it. But I feel like um, people need to have that all the time, especially the established artists, so that they can be a good example to, you know, the artists that are coming. So I think that's one of the major challenges. Um, I feel like the Zambian music industry is not doing enough in terms of collaborating with other industries. Um, there's, there's one or two people, uh, example, El Mokoka, Chandambao, that are really making an effort to collaborate with, with other industries and kind of make strides. But I feel like the Zambian music industry really needs to be aggressive with that if we are ever going to see um, the industry grow. If we really want to see the industry grow, we need to be aggressive with, with collaborating and, you know, uh, kind of dipping our our hands into into other industries. For sure, for sure. Um, aside from mm-hmm. collaborating, uh, do you think that there's any other way, like maybe, for example, maybe from a policy perspective, that um, mm. something that could be done to address some of these challenges that artists face to actually, mm. you know, to actually nurture our young industry and and cause it to to grow. Right. From a policy perspective, I'm guessing this could be something that could be passed like in parliament, more like by the government or something. I feel like, yes, uh, there are small things that can be done at that level in terms of like uh, making sure that, uh, you know, the artists or their labels are not paying heavy taxes, uh, making sure that if, if uh, musicians and studios are importing equipment, uh, it's, it's not taxed, you know, small little things like that, making sure that musicians get their royalties from the, from the music copyright bodies. Um, I feel like little things like that, little actions uh, will make sure that there's more money in their pockets and then this will allow them uh, the artists or the the labels or their management uh, to be able to have enough money to to do collaborations or to to make these things happen. Because at the end of the day, for a collaboration to happen, ninety uh, percent of the time you need a lot of money. Um, you need a huge investment. Um, I've had emails with some artists in West Africa that are ready to work with with zambian artists but they need ten thousand dollars so where where are we gonna get that um if if you know if we're already struggling just to to bring in equipment and get our royalties and make sure that um our performance fees are up to par things like that all right all right that was that was really insightful that was really insightful. Mm. I guess it's really just about incentivizing people to invest in music as a business and, and allowing mm-hmm. an environment that 
um, makes that much easier to do for artists. Right. All right. Yeah. I guess we're we're now gonna shift the conversation away from music as a business to music as an art, and um, we're gonna talk a little mm-hmm. bit about freedom of expression in music and i'm gonna pass this one to Malimba because because we were talking about this before we started recording we're talking about with everything that's been going on recently the the freedom of expression in music has been it's been a hot topic so i'm I'm gonna pass the conversation over to Malimba and um and he can take it over from there all right cool Yeah. Um, so, so, so I, I was thinking that I think the best place to start is um, when you make music as an artist, um, uh, Duncan. Um, mm. What, like, what's what's your goal? Like, is there a message that you try and deliver in your music? Like, is there like a sense of mm. purpose that you want to be like shown in your music? Like personally, right. Uh, well, personally, um, wow, I, I, I try to relate to a lot of people um, on, a, on a feelings level. For, for lack of good English, I'll just call it on a feelings level, you know. Uh, in my music, I like to talk a lot about, you know, love. I like to talk about the things that people go through on a, on a daily basis, be it something to do with, you know, their, their mental health, be it something to do with uh, things that they went through in their past. Um, I like to make a lot of motivational music. So, so really, I feel like, uh, personally, my music is about, it's about the everyday person. It's about the average person. And uh, I, I don't, maybe in the past, you know, when I started off, I was making a lot of music about myself. You know, typical rapper, music, bragging, braggadocio type of things. But I feel like my music has evolved now and I'm focusing more on uh, matters to do with the heart, you know? Yeah, that's, 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 I think that's where I'm at right now at this point in time. Point in time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's great. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, basically, you're just talking about like in the beginning and now you see a lot of like, um a lot of life ex- like a lot of growth that has come with the way life experiences have taught you different things about where you feel like you should best direct your art like the level you should take exactly. it to and like just the message mm. it carries stuff mm. absolutely okay. yes so, mm-hmm. so what role do you think that um plays in your in the society the kind of music you're trying to make right now what role does it make the mm. empathetic music that you know everyone can um, relate with and stuff? Relate with, yeah. I feel like I feel like uh, that type of music definitely plays a huge role in in society right now, um, especially when it comes to like um, what's the word social. There's the the type of music where you know you're kind of like social commentary. Yeah, that's that's the word. You know with things that are going on on a, on a daily basis. It, I, I feel like it really does play a role in society because then uh, if people are listening to the music, let's say from outside, 
you know, they get to know what's happening in Zambia. Oh, okay, so that's what's going on because, listen, host is talking about this. Or, um, you know, even um, uh, local, a, a young person, or it, it could be anyone, young, old, they're listening to your music and you're, you're telling them about something that you're going through and they relate to it. it. It makes them feel like, okay, look, I'm not alone. Someone else is going through uh, the same thing. And listen, he's talking about it. And he's a human being. He's not just a superstar or whatever. So I feel like it does play a huge role because um, as artists, we are kind of like the voice of the people in, in what they're going through. And also we are kind of like journalists because we're letting people know what's happening right now. What could happen in the so I feel like artists are like journalists, we are like prophets. We we could be anything really. We are we could be preachers if if you know if we are talking about gospel music. Um an artist can be anything. That's the beauty about about music. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um so so with with that being said, should we then separate artists from their art? Their, mm. their personal views from, you know, their personal views which they stand for from the art they make, if music is supposed to take them in a certain direction? Right. I feel like this one is a very difficult line to walk for, for artists because on, on one, especially here in Zambia, on, on one hand, um, yes, artists should have a backbone uh, they should speak for the the majority of the people, and and not be swayed, you know, by by certain things or, or influence. But then in Zambia, you have a situation where a lot of uh, musicians are not making uh, much. You know, they're not making a living from from money. You know, they can't say that they are comfortable and they've got a pension and they'll be able to take care of their, their children for, for a long, long time because tomorrow everything can be gone and, and they don't have an income. So I feel like uh, a lot of people are influenced. You know, they, they dangle a little carrot in front of them and then they are forced to do things that they wouldn't do on a normal, on a normal day. You know, they're forced to do certain things. Uh, so I feel like for us now, as I'm now putting myself in the shoes of the of the listening or, or fans of the music fans. Um, yes, I feel like we should separate the the artist from the art sometimes from from you know the decisions they make because these decisions most of the time might be made out of uh, desperation uh, and they have the right to the, the artists have the right to do whatever they want to do and we also have a right to listen or not listen and make our own decisions based on what we hear so I don't know if that answers the question or what do you think yeah I do I do think in my personal opinion, I do think that does answer the question. And I really like your response, Holster, because um, I think one thing people don't understand is 
the same way we all have freedom to like speak, uh, like if an artist has the freedom to speak and express their opinion online, is the same way people have the freedom to respond or to retaliate. Because when people choose to support a celebrity or a public figure, they do so because they see themselves or some form of themselves in their work or in their art, or they find it relatable. And so if someone maybe sees that you maybe are like, a, you know, you post comments that are like derogatory to women, and at the same time, you want women to continue listening to your music and not react in any way, or like complain when there's backlash, like how do you say people are sensitive when you get to say whatever you want, but like other people can't respond to what you're saying. So it's like, it's just this weird thing where I think people want freedom of speech for sure. And they bash people for being sensitive without realizing that that sensitivity is in and of itself freedom of speech. Right. And that you can't just say anything and people are just like giving you their money or something like that. So I feel like yeah, just like in the <laughs> days of like cancel culture and everything, I think people complain a lot more about the backlash without realizing that like it's not just about being canceled. It's about like people having the choice to support whoever they want. And people are free to choose to not support you if they don't see themselves in you anymore. Right. Um, another thing that, um, especially from the artist side, that we need to consider, though, yes. Uh, people can separate the artists from the art and their decisions, but we we should also uh, realize that there's consequences for whatever decision or whatever we say on these songs or with whoever we choose to associate with. There's always consequences. So that's just something that everyone has to consider in in this in this process. Yeah, that's definitely true. Definitely true. Mm. Makes perfect sense. I hundred percent agree. I hundred percent agree. And that's the thing, right? If you make a decision, I think this is also where having a backbone does come in. Because mm. even with the decision you make, you should confidently make that decision and you shouldn't feel the need to have to explain your decision. Because right. sometimes like that would just cause more issues at the end of the day it is your right to choose whatever decision you made for whatever mm. views and you should be able to accept the stick that comes with it and you shouldn't really yeah. get mad at people who decide to think otherwise about your decision because at the end of the day you know that's also their expression that's their right they also see things from a different perspective they probably look at the amount of influence you have and right if they feel unhappy about you know with about what you represent and whatnot there there's probably gonna be some backlash so and for me like i don't have a problem like one two things i i really don't have a problem with is one if someone um if those are actually someone's views and they disagree with the people's views because at least those are their views and they accept that those are their views but two even if they may not reflect you and, you know, you may have had some challenges that have drove, driven you to actually make music that does not represent what you actually stand for. Mm. Um, you shouldn't get angry at people for, you know, for, for being disappointed. 
you know, right. or for a certain way because their feelings are totally valid, just as much as yours are. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, if yes. If they are hurt by your music, then they are hurt, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. I guess the the wise ones will will do whatever it is that they've done and then just keep quiet, you know, let it blow over. After all, these days people have a very short memory. They'll forget, they'll forgive you and and you move on. But then if you rub it in people's faces, it's, it becomes a problem. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You shouldn't, you shouldn't turn into a fight you know, or a disagreement, you shouldn't become an enemy of the people, you know, like, I think nobody, you know, nobody wants to be an enemy of the people at all, yeah. I, I think when you reach a certain, like, like, a certain level, like, even, like, a certain level of influence, like, I think sometimes, you know, you might have to, like, really think about how to handle your PR, maybe not handle it yourself, I don't know. Do you feel like people should be handling PR? No, no, no. And this is why, I mean, that's, it depends on what experience you have. But like I was saying, this is, this is some of the things that we are lacking in the Zambia music industry. It's having that ecosystem of having the total package of someone is handling your PR. You have your accountant, you have your legal, you have your management, you have a booking manager who is separate from your manager. You have your road manager who is separate from the other two, you know. So always give this example. A couple of years ago when Ice Prince came to Zambia to perform, Ice Prince alone came with 10 people. You know, he had a business manager, his manager, his stylist. You know, it was just different people, security, a DJ. So he had different people that were helping make his brand, you know, look legit and and work efficiently so i feel like this is why a lot of zambian artists are, are lacking and you know this is one of the reasons why you can't even ask for a, a big booking fee because how are you going to even justify that you know you have to be able to justify people paying you fifty thousand dollars for a show hundred thousand dollars for a show look look at my team Look at the moves that the the team has has made. So and and we are all we are all a culprit. I'm a culprit. Not even pointing fingers or accusing anyone. I think I'm I'm, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And since we recognize that we're in the same boat, um, the question is, how do we steer this boat to paradise? As, as music industry um mm. as music industry artists and and pioneers how can we steer this boat to to paradise how do we establish the industry right as 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 something well i guess you, you actually use the the perfect word legitimize the industry make it uh, right. possible to justify high earnings and and consolidate, right. you know, consolidate it as 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 a big fish in 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 this pond. Exactly. So, I guess. Uh-huh. Sorry, carry on. You know, so I was just going to quickly say that to to steer the boat into the right direction. For one, I think we need to strengthen a lot of associations, 
We need to strengthen a lot of uh, teams. You know, people need to work together uh, a little more. Um, and then if we have, you know, like music associations, like the Zambia Association of Musicians, um, Copyright Society, wherever there's some sort of body or, uh, or people coming together, we need to strengthen those to a point where we even not only have musicians in, in those associations, but we have doctors, we have lawyers, we have people from different uh, fields who are actually helping strengthen and even bring better ideas into you know the music industry because even with the doctors you will find doctors that are interested in music you know even with the lawyers you will find that lawyer that you know that's a musician so i feel like we need to uh take advantage of that and and help those people uh you know bring them in and they're going to help us strengthen uh, the music industry for one and for two it's 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 a money game you know like Happy that there's Kalandana music and there's Nexus music that are, you know, signing all these artists and are bringing in a lot of money, paying them a monthly. I don't know, I heard, um, this is just a rumor, I don't even know how true it is, you know, but the people are getting salaries now. Um, people are getting things that will help them, you know, so that so that the artists in short can focus on the music and, and they don't have to focus on other stuff. You know, and I think this is what the Zambian music industry has been lacking for a long time. You find that an artist has to focus on music, then they've got a nine to five, and then they've got this other thing. So you can't even get your best quality like that. So those are just a few things. I know, I know that there's a lot, of, a lot of other things that can be done. But I think that's just the beginning. Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Um... Yeah, just before we move on to our next segment, I believe Malimba had some follow-ups. So I'm just going to pass it back to him, see what he's saying. If not... Okay, I guess not. He's, he's, he's very frantically gesturing that he has nothing more to say right now. We've talked a lot about... boy tapped out. We've talked a lot about... People having a backbone, and and, mm. uh, and so shifting the conversation over now to culture. I believe that culture is the backbone of our society, and um, mm. yeah, Lusungu just he, he was just in my DMs like, yo, I, I need to, I have to have some questions about culture and music. So I don't know what his question is. I'm mm. just gonna pass it on to him, and 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 he's gonna he's gonna right. steer us in that direction. So listen, we talk to cool, us. Cool, cool. Hey, man. All right. Okay. Hey. Um, so my first question is going to be on, um, at, at present, which one do you think is largely influencing the other? Is culture influencing music or is music influencing culture? I feel like for a long time, culture was influencing music, but now definitely seeing music influencing culture and i'll give you a very good example for a long time you know on tv you see these traditional dancers you know and it was just traditional dance it was okay that's zambian that's that's from the ngoni tribe or whatever but now in 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 these traditional ceremonies you are you are seeing 
traditional dancers throwing in some hip-hop dance randomly you know like you find these traditional dancers doing the daggy from nowhere really? randomly so i'm like yes man i've seen these traditional these young traditional dancers are now bringing in hip-hop you know modern hip-hop into tradition by throwing in a random daggy or or stanky leg you know randomly in their traditional dance so definitely music and and modern pop culture is influencing tradition and culture It's, it's reversed. Yeah, that, that's 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 honestly amazing to hear. And um, <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna hit you with a bit of a personal one, like a personal follow up on this. What are your views on on that though? Like, are, are you impressed to see that happen? Do you feel a bit, you know, disappointed? Like, what's your personal take on um, on that? I don't know. I feel a little bit indifferent. I don't know really how to feel. Like, I, I mean, I'm not I'm not disappointed by it. It's uh, it's something that you'd expect, especially wherever you have young people. Um, young people are, are the drivers of, of modern society, you know. Young people are, they are the future. So, you know, you will have young people do whatever it is that they want to do when they're just having fun and having a good time. Um, I feel like when it comes to culture and tradition, if if the, the the leaders or the older people were really strict, then we wouldn't have been have been seeing that. So I don't know. I guess it could be something to do with the rules that are getting a little loose, or it, it could be a missing link somewhere. Maybe there's no uh, there's no uh, leaders or no prefects that are watching these young people. But then it also could be you know because now we have we have Food. We have the internet. You know these things are so it could be just a situation where um, people at a traditional ceremony, for example, filming, and this young person is like, "Okay, let me have a little," and boom, you know, he's showing us. He's showing us that it can be different. I can be modern. This can be cool as well. Also. Because they're, they're just trying to relate. Young people are trying to relate with other young people. Uh, there's a, a young a young Zambian is trying to relate with a young Japanese kid. I guess that's that's what it boils boils come, comes down to. Mm. Uh, we are we are they are trying to decolonize the stanky leg. <laughs> that's it exactly. Decolonize the stanky leg because I mean, if you honestly, if you if you look if you look even deeper into it. You will find that it might not even be a situation where modern people is influencing culture, but you find that by just taking it back, because I remember a couple of years ago, uh, remember when there were cramp cramp dancers, the people that used to do that cramp dancing. If if you look at old yeah. some old African traditional dances, you will find that those were the dances that they were doing. So we are just it's just coming back home. It might not even be that. So it's like they were influenced a long time ago. All that influence is being influenced back. So it's coming back. Ah. That's, yeah. That truly is interesting. That is interesting. Mm. Um, right. one, of the, 
another question I wanted to ask you was to do with um, the Zambian sound. When you when you listen mm. to to house music, you definitely think South Africa. When you think when you hear right. Roomba, your mind goes somewhere. When you hear the, to, to the West, exactly, exactly. So mm. does does Zambia have a sound, or is that something that you think is one one not yet there? Um, Zambia has had several sounds over the years, and the, the funny thing is that I think because Zambian music, uh, the music industry wasn't as strong as these other industries. It's very diff- It's it's very easy to say that oh, Zambia doesn't have a sound. I mean, look, we had Kalindula, we had Kalindula music, and back back in the days in the in the in the seventies and the eighties, we had Zambian artists, you know, the Kalindula guys, influencing Congolese, influencing East Africa, and they took our sound, and they came up with their own. Um, even the Sling Beats era, you know, you had your Chameleons, you had your Titus, and those guys. Even they influenced a lot of East African music through their music. But because our counterparts had stronger industries, um, Zambian music kind of got drowned out. And, and we never really recognized that Zambl- Zambians can also influence um, other people. Now, as far as Zambia having a Zambian sound, I feel like also that's very difficult to say because as Zambians, we are very versatile. We are, we are, we are able to, to get different sound, you know, get the Nigerian sound, add our own touch to it, and then, you know, make it, make it ours. Um, uh, and, and also, I, I also want to say that there's a lot of people that do have uh, genuine Zambian sound, you know, like James Sakala. I feel like that's very genuine Zambian sound, very, very unique. People like Mumbayachi, they've kind of modernized, you know, the Kalindula. Um, and also the, the Kopala guys, the, the Kopala guys and their music, you know, your Chanda Nakes. Um, you, there's one producer in particular that I feel had a Zambian sound, which we would have taken international and said okay this is our zambian sound uh unfortunately he's he's, he's gone now um that's the late uh cream dollar um, you know this dude was producing for guys like makitu uh um, a lot of the popular guys and a couple of the lusaka guys that dude had a very unique sound a very unique drumming but you could tell that okay this is copala this is even this is zambian you know, um, people like Jerry Fingers, you know, Romaside, TK, very Zambian, very distinct that even people from outside the country, they'll be like, okay, no, that's Zambian. We, we know that production. Uh, but unfortunately, I feel like it got to a point where we never really nurtured it and we never really took it there. But I think we still can. It's, it's, it's not... It's not like this is the end. There's, there's nothing that Zambians can do about having the, their own identity. I feel like we still can. It, it all just boils down to pushing the industry, having it grow, and being like, okay, this is us. This is Zambia. We have arrived now. Pretty much that's it. Yeah. Um, 
I, you know, that, that just reminds me of, of like a conversation. I think I was having it with Sui before we started recording. Um, we were just talking about like, you know, when you look at Zone Farm, even just, um, we're just talking about how, how, like, how, how Zone Farm really also embodied Zambian culture. First of all, like, majority of the music was vernacular. Um, and I feel like a lot of people have now taken that and come up with something new. You know, you've got your urban hikes, uh, even Sheffy, I would say to an extent, it's really uh, pushing something, something new, something different with the producers that he's working with. You know, your reverbs, uh, your Tony Breezy's, uh, Mosin Malik, and all those guys. So, I feel like, um, yeah, the, the dudes are working. Zambians are working really, really hard. They just need that extra push, that extra elevation to to get them where they want to go with their sound and with their with their art. Okay. Um, my last question for you. Um, we spoke yeah. about about the zone about zone fam and the music and the culture. I want to know about you personally. Mm. What what part of of the Zambian culture or how has Zambian culture sort of affected your music personally? Right. I feel like uh, Zambian culture has definitely influenced uh, my music, especially with the last couple of projects that I've been working on. Um, so in November 2020, I released uh, Kupele Kanyali Yamoto. And with this album, I was really trying to bring out uh the talent that we have in zambia both with production and also with rappers and singers you know so i was highlighting a few people i mean i can't have everyone on the album but i try to highlight a few people who i feel like yo these are young people that really need to be heard um and it it made me create something different from what i've uh, created uh, previously uh be it from the topics um I try to highlight certain topics. I try to highlight uh, certain places uh, and also people. Um, so definitely with Pele Kanyali Amoto, there's a lot of Zambian influence there. Um, and then uh, we also did uh, African Diamond with um, Dominant One from Malawi. And, and, you know, with African Diamond, it was all about the young people and about Africa kind of coming to that place where we realize that Africa is the present, Africa is the future, and it's all about the young people. You know, the young people need to kind of come into their own right now and realize that that they're the ones that are going to be uh, ruling or leading, leading Africa as a whole. So that's what we try to do, especially on those two albums that were just released about three months apart. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it on, on that on that. Yeah. Um yeah um I don't know. I mean I just wanted to give my opinion. You know, um because you talked about Coppola music. I don't know. It kind of angers me when people talk about Kupala music as a Osaka person. I feel like we need to be doing better than them. In my honest opinion. Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's some dope. I mean, look, not all of it is not all of it is um 
not all of it is 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 dope, but I mean there is some dope popular music. Like we can, we kind of we have to give it to them in the, in the sense that they have they created their own ecosystem and how how the popular guys just had this movement of their own and they made it grow. And that sound is unique. The, you have to give it to them in that sense. And I feel like uh, as a Lusaka person, as an LSK person, we can only just embrace that and try and work with it, you know, where we work together and push Zambia as a brand as well. Not only Coca-Cola, but take it out there as, you know, as Zambia. This is our, this is our sound. These are our people at the end of the day. Yeah, that's fact. So squash the LSK Coppola mm. beef. We're we're united. Right. No, <laughs> we're trying to we're trying to <laughs> grow, grow and grow together. That's facts. That's facts. Yeah, one no. Zambia, one nation. I think we squashed it when we started taking mm-hmm. Angola. <laughs> still, still. and fresh view, fresh view cinemas. <laughs> All right, all right. Let's, let's exactly. listen. You guys, are, you guys are going off topic mm-hmm. now. We're talking about the music industry right. in Zambia. Um, right. Thank you all for listening to the Village Podcast. Um, special thanks to our guest, Duncan. Thank you. Holster, we really appreciate you taking the time to... To speak with us thank it's, you thank you for having me bro thank you that's an honor hopefully this is not the last time we get to talk hopefully please, we can please call me again man call me again I, I like this this is cool yeah most definitely yeah it really means a yeah. lot just being able to to pick your brain on certain things and and just understanding things from your perspective and especially for our listeners being able to listen to voices other than malimba and dosungus and we also had Mutemwa join us from the train. He's been he's been busy lately, <laughs> but he tried to join us from 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 his train. And yeah, special shout out to Mutemwa. And yeah, this is where we end the episode. Thank you all for listening. Hashtag the Village ZM on Twitter, at the Village ZM on all our socials, and we'll catch you in the next one. Peace.